Okay, we're going to do a little test today for the sake of all the moms. When I say the word bravo for mom, you're going to go bravo. All right, you ready? Bravo for mom. There you go, right? To all the moms today, a big hug and a kiss and slobbery wet kisses. And bravo for doing a good job. Bravo for moms. That diminished. Ready? Bravo for moms. Okay. So if you've been with us for several weeks, you know that we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter in the Bible. So we'll continue there this morning, but actually we apply it to our, our mothers because everyone in the room is either, uh, that's all the women, all the ladies in the room are either a mother or had a mother. Bravo for moms. There you go. See, that keeps you awake. Keeps you wide awake if you have to do something. So the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That is mother. That is the sign of a mom. She's always protecting, isn't she? She's always having to trust that God has a plan. Not that you can always trust your kids, but that God has a plan in what's happening. Always trusts, always hopes for the best. Never gives up, just keeps praying and praying and praying and always perseveres. I'm in a good mood today. Are you in a good mood? Bravo for mom. I'm in a good mood today. I went on vacation last week. We were in Florida. It was nice. Um, we went to a place called The Villages. Have you ever heard of The Villages? Because Sean Hannity, that's the ultimate um, retirement heaven. It's a 50-square-mile bubble where everything is perfect. We went to McDonald's for an ice cream cone at night, and everyone in there was over 60 licking ice cream cones. They turned and saw Josiah walk in and went, Children. Children. I'm I'm, I'm not kidding. It's like the place is perfect. They actually have lanes for golf carts. White marking where the golf carts, because most of the driving in there is done in golf carts. That was the most fun about the whole trip. Reminded me of Vietnam. We have bikes, motorcycles, Vietnam, golf carts in the villages. Ultimate retirement heaven, big bubble. But we went to church outside the villages with the Harringtons who have a a condo in the villages. And it was a community church, much like what we believe is a church. And so, you know, you're just sitting there and you're kind of thinking about how church is supposed to be done. It was a blessing though. We had a good time. Just being away gives you perspective. The Warrens just came back for how many months were you guys gone? Two months. And they said, there's no place like Rock Church this morning, right? So welcome home. And welcome to everybody else, especially to all the moms and wannabe moms. Or moms of pets. Or daughters. 
Because seriously, sometimes you, you may not ha have success in bearing your own children, so you get to be the mother of a pet. Yes. I, I saw on the news the other day on Fox News that a woman had, she had been out in the woods and found two baby kittens. Now me, I would have trampled them. You know I hate cats, so all the visitors are going to go, that's the most cruel thing we should call PETA on him. Yes. She found two little kittens and she brought them home and noticed they were extremely aggressive. And so she, she kept being concerned about it because they were always clawing her and trying to eat everything in the house. Come to find out as they got larger and larger that they were mountain lions. But something that they said I thought was really interesting, the commentator said, all cats are designed to eat their parents. All the cat lovers are going, now I know you're going to hell, Pastor. <laughs> I thought that was humorous. But sometimes God just lets you be the parent to a pet. How many of you have pets that are like a family member besides us? Anyone else? Okay, see, we're huge dog lovers at the Peterson house. Josiah just gets online and looks at every dog imaginary. While we were in Florida, in the bubble... They have this really cool little town. We went into this store that's basically dedicated to dogs because there are all these senior citizens and equally as many dogs. Thank God for dogs. The store is dedicated to them, and Josiah loves Doug the Pug. You know who Doug the Pug is? Okay, so there was a pug about that tall, a stuffed animal pug, and so he still had some money left, so we bought the pug. And took it home. Our dog, Bella, is just a little Japanese chin. She has a real habit of going on to good furniture when we're not home. She takes over the place. I think there are dog parties over there when we're gone all the time. So we've been trying to get her to stay off the good couch. So we, I brought Doug the pug home. We put him on the couch. She was petrified by that dog. <laughs> Yay, God! All right, that's nothing to do with my message, but... Real moms, real moms, moms that are loving are always looking to be patient and kind and protective. You know how that works? They're always protecting their own. Um, not envious, boastful, or proud, but certainly crazy, boastful, and proud when it comes to her children winning the spelling bee or the baseball game or her daughter taking first place in some music competition. You go crazy because you want to cheerlead your kids along. Rejoice is like a crazy lady when her son or daughter does something well. She's always protecting, always wanting to believe the best about her child, always hoping that they will return, they'll turn out well, and always persevering. There's a little mother in every single girl and woman in the room. But I just want to make this simple and quick this morning because people like simple and quick. Give me 20 minutes of message and then shut down, Pastor. I came up with four very important truths about why we ought to respect the mothers in this room and honor them this morning. 
and do special things for them. I was actually, this morning, as I was on the keyboard, I was looking down and I saw some moms wiping their eyes because you can really relate to the skit that took place. If you've had any great um, trials with your children or serious things that have come into your life, you understand what was taking place in the skit this morning. I think we should honor mothers this morning, first of all, because, because she deserves it. She deserves it. Mothers deserve being honored this morning by their husbands and by their kids. Yeah, right? How about a big round of applause? Bravo for moms. See, some people are listening. Some people out there are listening and others have already gone into doggy sleep or whatever it is. She deserves it. Did you know that there are about 2 billion moms in the world today? 82.5 million of them are in the United States. The average mom has two children. 72% of moms with children over one years old have a job outside of the home. The average mom with a baby changes 3,000, or excuse me, 7,300 diapers by the child's second birthday. A preschooler requires mom's attention every four minutes. Mom, 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 mom. Moms don't even hear it. Mom, mom, moms don't even know. Mom, mom, moms don't even understand. The child is talking. They become immune to the word mom, 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 mom. It drives them crazy. They just tune it out and just go about what they're doing every four minutes. A typical mother in the U.S. averages 330 loads of laundry and 5,300 articles of clothing every single year. These are some interesting facts, actually. Mrs. Vlajev of Russia gave birth to, this is the lady with the most kids, 69 children over a 40-year period. Let's just put it this way. There was never a time when she wasn't pregnant. Never. 69 children. I thought to myself, that's impossible. Then I started dividing it out. She was pregnant her whole life. What? Oh, she could, she could have triplets and twins, too, yes. Thank you, honey. I, a, a wonderful mother always corrects her husband when she thinks he's wrong. Yes. She's been very good at correcting her children, so she translates that over to her husband also. Mm-hmm. The oldest mom ever was Rosanna Dalla Corte. She gave birth to a baby boy when she was 63 years old in Italy in 1994. 63. Wow. The heaviest newborn was Signora Carmelia Fideli. She gave birth to a 22-pound baby boy in Italy. And she didn't gain a single extra pound. Wow. Mothers have to put up with a lot of stuff. And that includes the biggest child in the home who would be her husband. Dealing with another child besides the one that you have every day, all the time. 
By the way, there's some people in here that couldn't smile if your life depended on it. They just sit there like, church is supposed to be boring. Why am I actually listening to you? No, it's not. It's supposed to be interesting. So sometimes your husband is the biggest baby in the whole batch. When a young woman, when a woman is young and adventurous in nature, your mind dreams of the day when you'll be married, for most girls anyway, and have Mr. Right. And wedding bells are ringing in your mind, see? So if you stay here long enough, you'll probably end up married because I'm the master matchmaker. So actually this coming week, Danny Paul is getting married to Aaron next, next weekend. Yeah. They still look at each other and gaze in each other's eyes and see, wonderful counselor. You're going to need a counselor, but wonderful counselor. <laughs> Prince, Prince of Peace, okay? She dreams of the day when Mr. Wright will come along and she'll hold that precious little bundle of joy. They have no idea what's coming, none. They all seem precious when they pop out. Nick and Lexi are going to be so infatuated. By the third child, Nick won't even know she's pregnant. It's just like, you know, something happens that changes you. And to be honest, men can be quite insensitive when it comes to women, wives, mothers. I'm reminded of the fellow who received a call from his wife when she was across the world, just as she was to fly home from Europe. And she asked her husband, because she was a mother to their cat, a lot like Pam Bartlett is to their cats. She asked her husband, how's my cat? And he said, dead. And she started to cry on the phone, honey, it's horrible. How could you possibly break that news to me, like so blunt? I'm going to hate the whole trip. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so heartbroken. You, what is wrong with you? Because husbands can be quite insensitive, right? So he said, well, I'm really sorry, but what would you prefer that I had done? You asked me how your cat was, and I just told you the cat is dead. And she said, well, you could have said that she was on the roof of the house. Yeah, but how does that connect? And she said, well, then when I stopped in Paris, you could have told me that the cat was acting sluggish. And he said, okay, but still, that doesn't tell you the cat's dead. And she said, then when I got on my way home on the plane, you could have had a note waiting for me saying, well, the cat was sick, and you had to take him to the vet. And, and he says, I, I still don't get it. And she just said, you, and then when I got home, you could have gently broken the, the news to me that my cat was dead because you know how you love that cat. He said, okay. Then she said, how's my mother? So there was long silence, and he replied, she's on the roof. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Totally, totally, totally insensitive. Totally insensitive. Humorous story about how life is. There was an article years ago in the Star Tribune in a serious nature about a young couple. I distinctly remember this. They were missionaries to Peru they were flying in a plane that, that was bound to land soon with a missionary pilot. Her husband and her father-in-law were in the plane, and she was holding their baby, young baby son. 
the military mistook their plane for a drug plane and began shooting at the plane. You may remember the story. And the shots went right through the mother, through the baby, and killed them both instantly. Went to the back of the legs, both legs of the pilot, and yet he was able to actually land the plane in the water, and everyone was able to get out before the plane uh, submerged completely. You never know what's going to happen. Never. Never, ever know what's going to happen. I believe this, that a mother is called to suffer. Different levels, of course, but a mother is actually called to suffer because it says in John 16, whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. The labor is worth it. Now, here's where things tend to go wrong. Let me just rest here for a moment. We just can't see far enough down the road beyond whatever is happening in your world right now. Some of us have prayed and prayed and prayed about our children, that they'll come back to God, that they'll turn out to love us and respect us. And it doesn't happen right away. And so we tend to, forgive, uh, to, for, to fail to forgive God for what you think is some, you know, insensitivity on God's part. You got to stick with the prayers. Stay on your knees, moms. Don't give up. You are called to persevere and struggle. And too many people are just ready to run away from the scenario instead of stay with the battle, the struggle. Stay in the middle of it and don't give in. Keep praying. Right, honey? Keep praying. If you're not having children and you want to have children, you're not going to be better off by becoming bitter. You're better off to keep praying. And God will answer your prayer. I have three children because of God. It's all God. Totally God. God is good, by the way. To be a mother is a call to suffer, not just at the beginning of life, but all through it. Simeon actually said to Mary, Jesus' mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opened, and a sword will pierce even your own soul. Simeon was telling Mary, who was pregnant with the child, you need to be ready for what's about to transpire. You're going to have a child that will be like no other child. He will cause many people in Israel, and little did he even know at that point, people now down through the ages, it would cause many, many people to have to suffer. Some by the sword, some just by things that happen in life. You're sitting in the room and sometimes you find it difficult to want to trust in God because it doesn't seem like life is fair. If we only understood how much 
a mother is called to suffer. They suffer when children are born. They suffer when children leave the house. They suffer when a child goes through rebellion. They suffer when a child ends up in jail or prison. Mothers always suffer. And this is what I said when Nick stole my daughter. No, I actually willingly gave her to him. I actually struggled for about three months afterwards wanting to go downstairs to her room. She was just a young girl still. Let me, let me remind you of this. You only get your kids for so long. They're on loan to you for that 18 years. And when they become an adult, they will now leave and go out and probably have a different life. Cherish every second you have. Stop bickering about what's wrong with the scenario and start praising God that you get those kids. I was, we were sitting behind a guy in the plane. I was looking over kitty corner to him, and he held his son, which I would say was about two years old. He was holding his son, and listen to me, listen. He was hugging and hugging, and the little boy was touching his neck, and pulling out his ear, and, and every time I saw the dad holding the child out in front, he was kissing him on the lips, and I just thought, whew, God, there's nothing more precious than a child's love. Nothing. Nothing more precious and valuable. Love them while you have them. I said, we only get Lexi for 18 years. Nick will have her the rest of her life. And you know, I trust him. He's a wonderful man who will protect his wife. Do not let your child just go whatever way they want. You should begin to pray now that they will marry a person who will protect them their whole life. Right? Am I right on this? You should, partake, you should pray that your child will not just go out and have sex with any guy or any girl out there and do their own thing because it will hurt. It will hurt them. It will hurt you. You begin praying now. You begin elevating mothers right now in front of your child because they deserve it. To be a mother is a call to suffer. Bravo for moms. Oh, there we go. Bravo for moms. See, you should respect her because she deserves it, but secondly, because she's earned it. She's the first person to ever touch you. She was the first person because you were inside her womb. What you were eating was affecting her. What you were doing was affecting her for months, and you were her first priority. She held you in the middle of the night and stroked your head, rubbed your feet, held your little cheeks against hers, gave you a finger to grasp. In love, she did all of these things, including staying up at night when you had a fever and couldn't sleep. There were many times when you looked at your child and you thought to yourself, I would much, much, much rather have the pain that they're bearing right now. Please, God. Yes, yeah, some of you will have children that will graduate from high school now, this month. And you will look back on life and you will say, what happened to those 18 years? Can't we just have our baby a little bit longer, God? We actually began to pray that our daughter wouldn't want to go away to school somewhere else because this is a fact that we've learned through the years, isn't it, honey? When they go away somewhere else, they meet somebody and end up somewhere else. If you really, really want to be around your children when they're older, you might want to think, God, I pray you'll keep them right around me because I'm going to continue to be in their life. 
Yes, we look for every opportunity. My wife literally looks for every opportunity to make every occasion a celebration with our children. Today we will. They're all coming over and hanging with us, and I'm making dinner, and we love being with our kids. She's earned it. She constantly cleaned your messes. You know, I don't get, I get all queasy when somebody vomits. I, I don't know if it's my gag reflex or whatever, but it makes me want to vomit. It doesn't, anybody else like that? Oh, I'm just like, oh God, I feel a dizzy right now. Now when my child took a master dump in their pants, because they get those, they literally get, and some people say, this is so gross, we shouldn't be here because this is so gross. Church is supposed to be such a holy place. It is a holy place. The fact of it is, that's a holy mess, too. It's a part of, like, the fact of the matter is there are sometimes when you open that diaper and you just go, why did I get this one? Know what I'm talking about? You got up and you're saying to yourself, dang it, why didn't she get up this time? I remember when Lexi was, no, 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 no. I'm off of the baby poop thing right now. It's this feeding babies at night that was like a pain. So she'd be crying, and Becky go, I'm so tired. I can't, can you get it this time? And I'm like, you go in the kitchen, you try to heat the bottle up, you don't even know what you're doing. You could put it on for 12 minutes. <laughs> Things were actually different back then, too. We didn't have quite the system that we have now with, with uh, more modern conveniences. But I would get in a big easy chair in the living room, and I've, I learned how to hold her head just right and prop the bottle. You know what I'm saying? I would fall asleep, and there'd be, oh, my gosh, baby formula would be all the way down my side into my gym shorts. It's just sticky all night long. And by the way, children need a mother and a father. The stark institutional isolation prevalent in the orphanages of some countries might have been mostly melted away decades ago, but mo more young uh, babies and young children all over the world still grow up in environments where touch and emotional engagement are lacking. Many children have not had ample physical and emotional attention, and they're at a higher risk for behavioral, emotional, and social problems as they grow up. And I found this interesting in looking at this week. In Romania in the 1980s, by ages 6 to 12, levels of the stress hormone cortisol were still much higher in children who had lived in orphanages for more than eight months than in those who were adopted at or before the age of four months. This was a study done from development and path, uh, psychopathology. They found that this particular hormone, the stress hormone, cortisol, was more evident and apparent in kids who had laid, like our little boy Josiah, the back of his head was very, very flat because they laid him on the floor in the orphanage. And when we got him, it was distorted fat, flat, I mean. And my wife went out and bought a helmet, a special helmet, to help shape his head differently. Everybody needs to be touched. Everybody needs to be touched by a mother and a father. A mother and a father. I read this this week that children who ended up in rebellion 
55% of those who did not have a father in the house ended up in rebellion. Whereas only 15% of those who didn't have a mother in the house ended up in rebellion. There has to be a mother and a father, and a mother and a father who are committed to staying together, which has become a thing of the past. There can't be, like television is telling you now, the three of us, two women and a man. God did not design it that way. Kids need a mother and a father. Praise God for mothers. Look at what Scripture says about a godly mother and wife. A wife of noble character who can find She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it out. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her head. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected in the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with, that, with sassers. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh all the days at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Bravo for women. Yeah. You know what I say? She deserves it. She deserves the praise. She gets up and takes her kids willingly. She's studying at home with her kids. She loves her children. That is her priority. Number three, motherhood is a journey. Why should we support moms today? Because motherhood is a journey, and sometimes it's not an easy journey. You never stop being a mother once you have a child. It's innate inside of you to care about them deeply. I truly believe this. When mothers thrive, we all thrive. When mothers thrive, we all thrive. If you know anything about mothering, it's this. Mothering is a journey, and it doesn't stop. And let me say this about every mother in the room. Cherish every moment of mothering. Don't dread it. There is a lady that died this morning. A lady that found out she had cancer in March. No signs of it until then. And on the way to church, we got a text saying that she had passed. She had knee surgery, and they noticed an infection that had set in around her knee in March. She went in for that, and they found out that she was full of cancer and didn't make it. She's been in a coma, and she passed this morning. And our hearts go out to to her family. And by the way, it was a good thing that her sister, my mind just went blank, Gail Gillespie is awesome, awesome lady. It's her sister-in-law. 
And Gail texted this morning and said she was gone, but Gail asked my wife to go to the hospital and see her about a month ago when she was still very, very much aware of everything that's going on. And her and her husband accepted Christ as their Savior in the hospital about a month ago. Let, let, me just, let me just throw a little kudos out here. Thank God for Gail, who actually cared about her sister-in-law. And thank God for my wife, who actually took the time to go, because that lady is in heaven. Her family can rest easy now with that, that that lady made certain that she knew. I think that there's something that we fail to recognize along the way as you're going through life, because you're so overwhelmed by things that happen with your kids and in your marriage and your finances and all this, that, that the journey is the destination. You're not going to appreciate every day if you are dreading this and dreading that and being negative about this and that. So while we were in Florida, I was reading Batterson's latest book, and in there he talks about attempting to have a day without saying anything negative whatsoever. So your assignment for the next 24 hours is nothing negative at all, husbands, wives, and kids, nothing negative. You say, I can't do that. You already blew it. Have you any idea how negative we are? Josiah and I, would we'd be sitting there and we'd be talking about something because we challenge each other, and then we both look at each other like, you blew it again. Life is so negative. How about trying all positive this morning? How about going up to someone and saying, I really love you. You look awesome today. God's got a plan for you. God wants to do something special in your life. That brightens anybody's day. Oh, how's it going with your new child? Oh, gosh. It's just, oh, how are you doing today? Oh, you really want to know? 24 hours. You're going to go home today, and you're going to be correcting each other. Yes, you're going to be sitting at the dinner table. I hate peas. Nothing negative. Why do we have to have pancakes again? Nothing negative. Okay, 24 hours. Some of your faces tell me ain't going to happen. <laughs> your countenance is negative. You sit there like, wait till we get in the car, Pastor. It's not dinner that's getting cooked, it's you. Uh-huh. I'm not stupid, I know. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We don't know a ton about Jesus' mother, Mary. We only have tidbits of information about her as she raised Jesus, her son. But when I picture Mary, I see a mother who sops up the blood of Jesus after they've beaten him. I vividly see that on her knees, thinking the blood of my child is precious. I see a mother kneeling at the foot of the cross in agony as her son is in agony and dies right before her eyes. And I would say this. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary, for what you've done for us. Remember this, a child's choice has become their adulthood realities. When a father is gone all the time and he's not around, he can expect that his children will be searching for someone to replace the father. When a mother is not around because she's too busy, expect a child to be looking for someone to mother her. The consequences may not come immediately, but they will come down the road, I promise you. The problem with us today is that we want to get as far as we can, as fast as we can, and we want it done yesterday. 
Too many people enter into the, the institution of marriage thinking it'll be a bed of roses. They don't realize that roses have thorns. Little boy was attending his first wedding, and after the wedding, his mother asked him, son, how many women do you think a man is allowed to marry? And her little son thought for a minute, and he said, 16. The pastor said, 16. And the mother just looked at him like, what in the world? Where did you get that? Because I did not hear the pastor say that. And he said, no, 16, I promise you, Mom. Pastor said it. Four better, four worse, four richer, and four poorer. 16 men, uh, 16 women he's allowed to marry. Don't kid yourself. Kids are listening to everything you say. And they're mimicking you. Whatever you're seeing in your kid is coming from something they're mimicking in you. One day, a little girl is sitting watching her mother do the dishes at the sink. She suddenly notices that her mother has several strands of white hair sticking out in contrast to her brunette hair, and she looks at her mom and goes, Mommy, why do you have white, white hairs? And her mother said, um, because every time that you do something wrong, Mommy gets a white hair. Her daughter just got that inquisitive little girl look again, and she just said, Mama, how come all of Grandma's hair is white? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Motherhood is amazing. They deserve it. They deserve applause. My fourth and final reason is quick. Let's celebrate Mother's Day because she will never be here. She will not be here on earth forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of looking at the negativism from the past, do this right now. Think how blessed you are to have a wife or a husband. Think how blessed you are to have children. Think how awesome it is to have your wife sitting next to you if she is and look at her right now and just tell her, you are awesome. You are amazing. Bravo for mothers. Okay, bravo for you, Mom. Because most kids aren't even thinking about this right now, they are blessed to have their mother, and they might not have her that long. That's why it's very important to remember that she won't be here forever. Cherish every second that you have with her. Tell her how much you love her every day, and tell her that she's like none other. I close with this. I close with this before the praise band comes and we sing a final song. I love what Jesus said. I think this is very, very powerful to think about. I love what Christ said when he was on the cross. There were th three people that we are aware of that were at the foot of the cross. Are you still following me? Three people down here while he's bleeding, tortured, beaten nearly to death, and nailed to a rugged cross. There are three people. John, the beloved John, one of the apostles. His mother, Mary, and Mary Magdalene are standing there viewing all that's going on up there. And John and, and, and Jesus has something very, 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 very powerful to think about us for today on Mother's Day. He looked at his mother and he said, Woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, John, here is your mother. Woman, 
Here is your son, and here is your mother. And I've tried to figure that out forever. The scripture really says that from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Here's, you can relate to this in some ways. You can relate right now. I've got to make this point. Jesus is dying on the cross. He says, later he says it's finished, and redemption for all mankind had been accomplished. But he can't leave. He cannot leave the earth yet. He has a final task before him. He knows his mother will be in deep grief and agony because of the loss of her son. And he knows John will be in deep agony because of the loss of his best friend. This is what he says. Woman, this is your son. John, this is your mother. The scripture actually says this, that John opened his home from that point on because he knew she would need every ounce of comfort and help she could possibly get for the rest of her life. Losing a child is unthinkable. Thank God you have your children today. Treasure them today. Speak love into them. Speak life into them. Don't take it for granted that you'll always have them. Jesus said, mother, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. I'm leaving. You're going to need each other. Priceless. Close your eyes with me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we come today understanding our need for one another. For mothers to express their love and appreciation to their husbands and to their children. For fathers and sons and daughters to express their love and appreciation for their parents. Treasure every second. Now I ask this question as we close today. How many of you are in the room and God has clearly spoken to you about something this morning? Raise your hand. God has clearly spoken to me about something. Put them up. Put them up and hold them up. Come on. Anybody else? This is your last chance. God has spoken to me, okay? Is there anyone in the room, you can put your hands down, that really doesn't know Jesus personally and have that close relationship with him that comes through understanding why he died on the cross? He came to save you. came to save you from tragedy in this life. And separation from him in the next. Is there anyone in the room that can't say with assurance today, I know that Jesus is my Savior? Anyone that would raise their hand? I can't, Pastor. Please pray for me. I want you to think about that. Praise band sings, and you're going to stand with us and enjoy um, one last song together.